What's up, Repel Church? Pastor Nick here. I want to say good morning. I hope you are having an incredible worship experience. Right now, I am teaching at City Point Church in Plant City, Florida. I'm excited for what God is going to do today as I hang out with my friend, Pastor Scott McIntosh. But I'm excited for you as well. Back in May, Pastor Matt Fry from C3 Church in the Raleigh-Durham area delivered a message on how to deal with emotional pain. It was incredibly beneficial, and I think you're going to be so blessed from this morning's message. So lean in and see exactly what God has for you as we enter into week number four of our Good Questions series. Great day in North Carolina, and we are in a series. It's called You Asked For It. Everybody say, You Asked For It. This series you actually helped come up with. You may not realize this, but earlier this year, we gave you a survey and we said, what would you like to know from the Bible? What, what topics, what themes, what issues, what challenges, what questions do you have that you would like to know what the Bible has to say about it? So this series, it, uh, you helped us come up with the topic. So last week, Martha did a phenomenal job talking about the family and parenting. Wasn't that awesome, you guys? So, so powerful. Just sitting on the front row, just going... That's my girl. She's awesome. And uh, the next two weeks, well, so what we're doing is we're taking the top four answers that you gave us and uh, we're, we're progressing to number one, all right? So in two weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you the number one most requested question that you want to know about. And I'm telling you what, you do not want to miss the next two weeks in particular, the final Sunday. I was looking at it this week and preparing for it. And uh, I'm just telling you right now, you want to be here. It's, I'm a little bit nervous, actually. It's a tough topic, but I think it's going to help a lot of people. So invite your friends, all right? Even today, right now, text somebody, say, go to c3shirts.com. You're going to hear a great word today. Go to Facebook Live. By the way, can we put our hands together for the online and Facebook Live right now? We're so glad that you guys have joined us. And so like and share and all that kind of stuff that you're supposed to do on social media and uh, let people know. You never know how God's going to use that. Today, the topic is, you ready for this? How do you deal with emotional pain? Yeah, <laughs> that's how last service went. <laughs> I'm telling you what, God's going to move today in a big way. How do we deal with emotional pain? How many know we all deal with pain? And God gave all of us emotions. And how do we deal with that? And who do we look to? So we're going to look at that today. The first thing we must understand, if you're taking notes, write this down. And if you don't have paper, you can go to YouVersion Bible app, click on events, and all the notes and scripture and points are there for you. But here's the first thing I want you to write down. Pain isn't your enemy. Pain is not the enemy. In fact, pain is your friend. Look at the person next to you and say, pain's your friend. Pain is not the enemy. Pain shows you what you need to pay attention to. Now, how you deal with pain could lead in a, to a negative experience, but pain in itself is not your enemy. It's your friend. There's a, a disease, even in the Bible, we see this disease called leprosy. It's a horrible disease. It's also known today as the Hansen's disease. And this disease, people die from. Why? Because they cannot feel pain. So as a result, they get infections or they get injuries and it's left untreated. So they end up losing body parts. Pain 
is inevitable. We all experience it. We all deal with the emotional pain. But pain is not your enemy. Even working out, for those of you that work out, work out with weights or run or exercise or do, you know, CrossFit or whatever, right? How many know that if you haven't never taken CrossFit or something like that and you go and you do a full-blown workout, how many know the next day you're going to have a hard time getting out of bed, right? You're going to be walking a little funny. Like, what's up with you? So I'm just not going to sit down because getting back up is too painful, right? But we all know that no pain, no gain. If you're going to experience some growth, if you're going to experience some health, then you must be willing to go through the pain. See, I like to put it this way. Sometimes your pain will lead you to your purpose. The very thing that right now you're in the middle of this pain, God can use that very thing and redirect it towards your purpose. If you've never felt pain, let me encourage you, just get married. I don't feel like I have much pain. Just get married. Amen, everybody? Right? You'll learn a lot about yourself. Adam and Eve had it made, but they screwed everything up. They had it made, man. They, no pain, no bills, no clothes, no in-laws. I mean, they had it made, right? But they blew it. And because of that, we can thank them for that. Pain and sin entered the world. My former pastor once said, he would often say, if, if you're in a marriage, right, if you're married right now and you don't disagree and you never argue, one of you is unnecessary. <laughs> I heard somebody put it this way. They said, married men should forget their mistakes because there's no need for two people to remember the same thing. <laughs> Come on, that's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Even Martha laughed at that one. But how we handle the emotional pain and who we look to during the emotional pain, how many you know is so important? You might, this might surprise you, but even I have gone through emotional pain. Quite a bit, actually. You might think, well, you're a pastor. Man, life should just be, like, easy for you, you know? I used to think that before I became a pastor. I thought, man, it'd be awesome to be a pastor. Like, no problems, and everybody's just going to be floating around like angels and singing kumbaya and eating s'mores. I mean, it's just going to be awesome, right? This image is like, it's just going to be perfect. And it is amazing. I love what I do. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else. This is what God's called me to do. But how many know there's, there's challenges? And there's been painful moments. And trusting God, but it's through the furnace. I read a book recently, The Secret Leaderships, uh, Leadership Secrets of Billy Graham, and Billy Graham shared in that book, when the book shares his story about how he would often go through what he called the furnace, which is difficult times and painful times. And it was through the furnace that he got stronger and got healthier. And whenever I go through difficult times and I, I, I look to the word of God, sometimes, unfortunately, I don't go there first. But when I get it right, I go to the word so that I know what God says about me. You ever woken up in the middle of the night and you're mind is racing and you got all these things in your mind and stressed out, you know. Sometimes that happens to me. And sometimes it's not even stress. It's just, I just got so much on my mind and I can't sleep. I can't go back to sleep. It's like three in the morning and I know I need to get some sleep. What I'll do is I'll, I'll go to the scripture in my mind, some scripture that I've memorized. I'll be just laying there in bed with my eyes closed and I'll just start quoting scripture like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all of a sudden, the peace of God just flows all over me. And sometimes I'll wake up. The next thing I remember is I, I just wake up. Like I just drifted back to sleep with the peace of God. I'm telling you what, there's something about the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We look to him, he'll bring peace. We trust him. The second thing I want to share with you is emotions are a gauge. Emotions are a gauge. In other words, they're, they're a gauge, not a guide. Don't let emotions guide you. That's where we get in trouble. That's where I, when I get in trouble is when I let emotions guide me. I heard somebody say, put your feelings at the back of the train, right? Don't let the feelings drive you. Emotions are a gauge, though. They will show you what you need to pay attention to. We all have emotions, and that's a good thing. Emotions are a good thing. They're not a bad thing. See, God, but God designed you with emotions to be a gauge, not a guide. In other words, they're meant to report to you, not dictate to you. So, so gauges are important. In other words, like in your car, right? You're going to get in your car. Some of you will get in your car after this, and you'll have, you'll have some gauges. Those of you that have a motorcycle, a Harley, come on. You're going to have a little gauge right there. And it's going to show you. I, this last week, when the lights came on, in our vehicle, and it said maintenance required. Martha's like, and she's been taught every single day, she's like, that light came on, maintenance required. I said, it's just, just needs a little checkup, right? It's not a big deal. But, but we ignore those gauges, and we know it's going to cause some problems. This last week, we're on a road trip. Have you taken any road trips this summer? Any road trips? No. Family trips, whatever. Took a little road trip this week. It wasn't a vacation, but it was a road trip. And somebody in the car said, we, I said, uh, we should probably pull over and get some gas, and I said, why is that? I was driving. And she said, because that little needle is on empty. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. I wasn't used to driving this car. It was a different car. I was like, oh, yeah. And we're going to run out of gas. I was just like, hey, what's up? You know? I'll be walking on the interstate. See, if you don't pay attention to your emotional gauges, you can actually run out of gas. And you can even do damage just as if you ignore Gauges on a car. You can run out of oil and burn up the engine. And if we're not careful emotionally and spiritually, if we don't pay attention to it, we can find ourselves just exhausted and even do damage to ourselves. Let me give you some practical ways to handle this. Martha and I, and those of you who have been through the uh, How We Love Connect group or you've got, read the book How We Love or just go to howwelove.com and there's free stuff on there. But we discovered that several years ago during a challenging season that our family was walking through. And there's a, something called soul words. You ever heard of soul words or feeling words? It, it's, it's pretty simple. You just have a list of soul words. And Martha and I have a little list there. And, and so the way it would roll out is if, if I sensed or she sensed something was going on, and she, we would just ask the other person, so, uh, so how, pick out a soul word. How are you feeling right now? The other night we were, picked out some soul words and... and uh, just to kind of try to find out how, how they're doing. What, what's your gauge? 
And then you take that soul word and then you kind of rule it out. So here are some of the soul words. These are major categories. And then each category has like, you know, eight different options. Soul words are feeling words of happy, loving, high energy, amazed, anxious, confident, peaceful, overwhelmed, traumatized, angry, low energy, alone, sad, betrayed, confused, ashamed, disappointed, invisible. By the way, these help so much not only in a marriage, but in all relationships, it just really helps because it gets you away from the, from the circumstance and, and puts your attention on the feelings. So for example, I might sit down with Martha and say, Martha, give her, you know, she might have already come up with a, a, a subject or a, a situation rather, or something that she's going through. And so Martha, tell me a few soul words. So she'll look at the list and we still have to look at the list because there's way too many options and you know, she might say, well, I just feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious and I'm confused. I'd be like, okay, so let's talk about that. And so let's put a number beside, on a scale of one to 10. How overwhelmed, anxious, and confused are you? Well, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like a, a 10. And other two, like about a five. Okay, let's talk about, and I'll pick one of them. I'll say, let's talk about overwhelmed. Usually it's the one that has the highest number, right? Let's talk about overwhelmed. You gave that a 10. So uh, where do you feel this in your body? Well, I kind of feel it like in my neck or I feel it in my head or I feel it all over or I feel it in my back or whatever the answer is. And we'll kind of explore that a little bit. Little bit. And I'll say, so uh, Martha, has there been, there been a time in your life that you felt overwhelmed? Maybe growing up as a kid or earlier in life, was there a time you felt overwhelmed? Well, hmm. Yeah, when I was in middle school, had a big school project, and I didn't know what to do. It wasn't my, my strength, and my parents wouldn't help me, or whatever the situation is. I'm just, this is role play. And, uh, and, and that happened. And I just felt so lonely, and I just felt so overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. And so it feels like that. Yeah, well, what percentage would you say? Like, is it 50% of that feeling that you're feeling right now, or 90% or 100 Well, probably about... 90% the same feeling. And so we'll talk about that. And then the last question is always this. So Martha, when you feel overwhelmed like this, what do you need from me? And then you get a chance to be honest and say, this is what I need from you. And you know what a lot of times it is? It's like what you just did is all I need. <laughs> just listening to me. And all of a sudden, it doesn't get personal. It's not, even if, if the situation is between the two of you, like she's overwhelmed because I'm not carrying the load or whatever the situation is, right? She feels like she's doing all the work or something. So it takes the attention off of the situation. It doesn't make it personal. And then you address the feelings because feelings are a gauge. And, and, and it can help you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. The question is, who and what do you seek first? Do you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Do you seek God first? Do you seek the Holy Spirit? Because if you let your emotions lead you, it's going to lead you down a dangerous path. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. The next point is this. Write this down. Honesty brings healing. Can we say it together? 
Honesty brings healing. James 5, a scripture we look at often. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, can we say it together? Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, when we ignore our feelings or we avoid our feelings, how many of you know they're going to come out a different way? It's going to come out somehow. And it's usually going to be an unhealthy way. See, God is working in you even through the pain. And maybe you grew up in a home or maybe you, you're, you're, the way that you're wired is like you just, almost like your emotions have been suppressed, like emotions are a bad thing. Maybe you grew up in a home and you weren't allowed to cry. You weren't allowed to express emotion. Or you were made fun of when you cried or whatever the situation is. I'm here to tell you that you can, God wants you to be emotional. He wants you to express your emotions. There's healing that comes through tears. My dad, when he was a, a child, I think he was seven years old, when my grandma Fried passed away, there at the funeral, my dad was sitting next to my grandpa. And my, my dad started crying. Seven years old, just lost his mama. Started crying. My grandpa reached over, grabbed his leg tightly, squeezed it with all of his strength, and he was a strong dude said, Malcolm, stop crying. Men don't cry. Seven years old, grew up his whole life thinking that you can't really express emotions. But I'm here to tell you that emotions can bring healing. When we're honest with God and we're honest with somebody else and we take off the mask, that's where the healing comes. We have here at C3, we have connect groups. They're small groups. And one of the connect groups that we have is called the Freedom Connect Group. Anybody been through Freedom? I've been through it several times, led a couple of groups, but for me, especially the first time I went through it, it was a game changer for me. Never forget having a safe group of men somewhere during the connect group, week four, week five, I took off the mask and shared something that I'd never shared with anybody else except Martha. Something painful that happened to me many years ago when I was a teenager, and all of a sudden the healing started coming. And one by one, those men started sharing, this happened to me. They started taking off the mask. This happened to me when I was younger. This happened to me when I was growing up. And all of a sudden, healing began to take place. That's what God does when we take off the mask and we're honest with God and we're honest with each other. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. When I read this scripture, especially when I'm going through a difficult time, I, it almost makes me laugh <laughs> because Paul says, for our light and momentary troubles. Now listen, when you're going through trouble and you're going through challenges and someone says, describe that for me, you say, well, it's just a light and momentary trouble. It doesn't feel light and momentary. But in God's eyes, because he sees all of eternity and he sees the big picture, he's like, if you just, if you just knew that what you're going through, it's just a season. It's just a moment. It's not going to last forever. Hold on to me. It's light and momentary. It's achieving for us an eternal glory. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross. He did the heavy lifting. And he says, cast all of your cares upon me because I care for you. The last thought is this. Don't let your emotions define you. 
Don't let your emotions define you. When you share these words, these soul words, and, and when you think about the things that you've done or good or bad, whatever it is, don't let those emotions define who you are. Always remember to let God define who you are. Those words are not labels that you're supposed to wear, but God gives you labels of who he says you are. When he looks at you, he says you are a child of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. This morning I woke up. I knew today was an important day. I knew I was going to be talking about this. And I knew it was going to be hitting a lot of people's hearts and feelings and emotions. And I woke up this morning and said, I declared, I am saved. Come on, I am called. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am full and complete, lacking nothing. I am God's masterpiece. I am more than a conqueror. I am a warrior for the king. And all of a sudden, faith just started rising up. I'm like, I'm ready to preach now. I'm ready to preach. Don't let the feelings and emotions define who you are. Let God define who you are. You are God's masterpiece. You are valuable. I have, uh, well, let me ask you a question. Anybody in here have a $100 bill? Come on, pony. Thank you, Bob. I see Bob. Very generous of Ohio State fan. I have a $100 bill here. I just wonder if anybody wants this. Only 15, mostly it's students. Nobody else wants this? Like, who wants this? Who would like, who could use a $100 bill today? A little hungry, want some Bojangles, crack a barrel, right? All right, you can put your hands down. All right, let me see this $100 bill right here. Now, who wants it? Are you serious? All right. How about this? Now who wants it? Good grief. Okay. Now who wants it? (laughs) I don't think y'all even put your hands down. Y'all still want it? All right. (laughs) Now who wants it? Are you serious? This thing has been crumbled up. It's been thrown on the ground. It's been stomped on. It's been hammered. It's been drowned with water. And you still want this? Why do you still want this? Because it's still valuable. It's still worth something. Some of you have been crumpled up, thrown on the ground. You feel like you've been stomped on. You've been drowning. And God looks at you and says, you're still valuable. I know you feel abandoned. I know you've been abused. I know you've been mistreated. I know you've been ignored. But I'm here to tell you that you're still valuable. God looks at you and says, you are valuable. You are God's masterpiece. You are handcrafted by God. You are fearfully 
and wonderfully made. Don't let the devil define who you are. Don't let these feelings define who you are. Let God define who you are. And you can walk with confidence and with security, knowing that you're a child of God. There was somebody else who was rejected. There was somebody else who was spit on, ultimately crucified. His name was Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are, let's say it all together, healed. By his wounds we are healed. Because he suffered, because he was crucified, not only can he identify with you, but he made a way for you to find freedom. And discover your purpose. So practically uh, speaking, let me share with you four practical things that you and I can do. You know, I always want to pastor you and shepherd you and help you, give you some, some principles and some action items of how do you do this. So the first thing is, I would say, is receive God's love. Receive his love. In other words, the first thing that you're supposed to do is not to do anything, but to receive his love. Just reach out your hands to him. And say, Lord, I thank you for your love. It's unconditional. I know I don't deserve it. I know I can't earn it. But I receive your love. I think sometimes the first thing we try to do is we try to do something, fix something, make something happen. And God's like, if you'll just sit there and receive, I've got this. In a moment, we're going to have an opportunity for you to respond. All of us can respond together. And there's a blank sheet of paper in your seat. And just as in the last service, You'll be able to put on that sheet of paper what it is you want to give to God. Put it on the cross and just say, Lord, I receive your love. I'm not going to here to do anything. I'm just here to receive. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Even if your mama and daddy abandon you. And what a special relationship God created parents to have for their children. But even if that happens, watch this. The Lord says, I'll hold you close to me. How do you know if God holds you close with his love, you can get through anything? Number two, I would encourage you to share with someone. No matter what you're going through, no matter what challenges that you're dealing with, if you're hurting, if you're in pain, if you're dealing, going through some stuff, share with somebody that you trust. Let me encourage you to I, in particular, share with a Christian, someone who's maybe a little bit farther down the road than you, and share with them what you're going through. Even share with them soul words. Number three, I would say, even if you're going through a hard time, reach out to somebody else who's going through a hard time. There's something amazing about when you're going through a hard time, if you can reach out to somebody else, you realize, wow, my, my life, I'm not hurting as bad as I thought I was. And you just reach out and help somebody else. And so maybe, maybe you are healthy and you feel like I'm in a good place right now. I'm not perfect, but I'm in a good place. I've kind of dealt with some stuff. And, and you see somebody else that's hurting. Would you reach out to them? And you can't always take what you see on face value, right? Because on the outside, we're all okay, right? If somebody asks you the question, so how you doing? What do we say? Hi. Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? What are you up to? I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. 
How you doing? I'm doing good. How's your marriage? Good. How's your kids? Good. I'm just, but then you sense there's, there's something more going on. And as a believer, you'll have the Holy Spirit that will give you discernment or just an impression. Maybe you just notice something's different and just say, not in a judgmental way, but just, can I ask you another question? How are you really doing? How are you really doing? And watch and see if they open up. I wonder how many people are just wanting somebody to say, how are you really doing? And the fourth thing I would say is, and you know I'm going to say this, get involved in a connect group. And we're going to be relaunching our fall groups here in about a month or so, but I'm just telling you right now, connect groups are not a church program. Connect groups are the church family. And there's two things that every, every human needs. Number one, everybody needs hope. And hope's name is Jesus. And everybody needs a place to belong. And that's why God gave us the church family. A safe place where you can do life with other people. Why do I give you this advice? Well, Martha shared last Sunday in her message about a young man, 19 years old, that played soccer with Caleb. He died tragically, overdosed. Two young men on his soccer team in the last five months. Unfortunately, I've done the funeral and we had to bury them. Two young men with so much potential. We lost them way too early. The first funeral, five months ago, they asked me to do it, and that's one of the most difficult funerals you can imagine. And then a few weeks ago, the soccer coach called me. He said, Matt, he's crying. He said, it happened again. I said, what happened, coach? He said, we lost another one. I said, what are you talking about? And he mentioned the kid's name. He said, we lost him. What happened? We found him in his car and OD'd. That's all I know. Two young men from the same soccer team. We lost him in such a short period of time. I agreed to do the, the funeral, of course, and I was meeting with the parents, the mom and dad, and some of the family prior to the funeral. What do you say to parents in a time like that? They don't need a sermon. They really don't even need a, need a scripture. Well, all things work together for the good. No, that's not, that's not what they need to hear. They just need some love, some prayer. So I said, would you, is there anything in particular that you would like for me to say, a scripture, or anything you want me to bring out? And the, the dad looked at me, just lost his son. Tears rolling up in his eyes, and he said, he said, this just has to stop. I said, I, I think we all agree. This has to stop. Two kids from the same soccer team in such a short time. So, as I was preparing to do the funeral, I had my notes all ready and scripture ready. And during the funeral, there was one of the teammates shared some words and an uncle shared some words. And while they're sharing, I'm saying they're going, Lord, I need a word. I, I, I mean, I've got this ready, but I, 
what do I say to these people? A couple hundred people gathered, most of them under the age of 20. What do I say? Tears and emotions all over the place. The Lord told me what to say. So I shared some scripture. I shared some thoughts that I had already prepared. And then I said, let me, I just closed my Bible and I said, listen, this is, this is tough, isn't it? I said, let me encourage you to do two things. Number one, if you're hurting, tell somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. Number two, find somebody around you that looks like they might be hurting and reach out to them. If you're hurting, ask for help. If you see somebody who's hurting, offer to help them. I think that's the truth for us today. How do we deal with emotional pain? If you're going through emotional pain, tell somebody. And if you see somebody who's going through pain, ask them, how are you doing? And if we do that, even as a church family, healing comes and freedom comes and forgiveness comes. And ultimately, we get to live out our purpose. Amen, everybody? Come on, can we give God praise? Here's a promise for you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Will you pray with me? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I'm not sure that I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not sure that I'm a Christian that my eternal home is in heaven, that Jesus is my Savior. And Lord, I want to give you an opportunity right now before we continue in this service that you would know for sure and forever that Jesus is your Savior. Believing that he died on the cross and that he rose from the grave and ask him to forgive you of your sins. In fact, if you're online or in the cafe, you can pray this prayer with us as well. And believers are going to join us to encourage those who may be praying for the first time. Would you say, dear God, I realize that I've sinned and I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross and for rising from the grave. Come into my heart and save me. Thank you for giving me eternal and abundant life. Help me to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we thank God and celebrate all those who made the decision to follow Jesus?